Welcome to the Divine Career Design Podcast. I'm your host, Jody Palmer. Week to week, you'll hear me interview experts in their fields of study, the highlights and challenges within their career, what an actual day-to-day looks like in their practice, and how to become an expert like them. There's so much to share, and I'm excited to get started. Hello to our listeners once again. Welcome to the Divine Career Design Podcast. This is Jody, and I'm your host. You are in for a treat today. We have an amazing interview up for you with Darcy Bowles. She is the Director of Culture and Innovation at Textjar, which is a business that takes the headache out of sales tax compliance for e-commerce sellers. She is a people leader and a true archetype of company culture at her core. After helping found the Airbnb Experiences platform and recently named one of Remote Howe's top 50 thought leaders in 2019, she brings positive, trustworthier culture at the core of all her business. Darcy spends most of her time working from the beaches of Encinitas, California with her golden retriever, Blanche. She truly believes that it doesn't matter where you work but how you work. And she's committed to paving the way for teams to adopt remote first practices, allowing their employees to do great work, increase diversity, and spend commute time on what really matters in their lives. So if you don't know much about remote work, you're going to want to listen in because as our world has transitioned into working from home, Darcy's innovative company takes that to a whole new level in being one of the first thriving companies to work remotely. This is something that's going to revolutionize hundreds of thousands of companies moving forward. And you can be on the forefront of that. Listen into our interview today with Darcy. So with that grand introduction, Darcy, is there anything else that you would point out to the listeners that I didn't get to share any nuggets about yourself before we get into our interview. Sure. I mean, absolutely. I think I've been doing a lot of soul, soul searching about what my ultimate why is, why I get up in the morning and why I interact with people and why I do what I do. And I've, I've leaned into the two words, unique experience. I think that is really, I've defined as, as, why I get up in the morning and do what I do is because I want to have and provide a unique experience for myself and for individuals in the world. And um, so to me, that means trying different things, trying new things, being brave to try things. And that's why I do what I do is to create a unique and lovely experience for myself and for others. And it isn't always lovely, but it's unique. (laughs) Do you think that, do you think that that was something, what part, of your life did you discover that? Or when did you embark on this desire to create a unique experience? And in in that, also know that when you said they're not always lovely, maybe talk about what you do in those times. Sure, absolutely. So when I was a kid, I was an only child with um, much older parents. Um, my parents, I'm, I'm 35 now, and my father is... 78, my mom's 75, so they were much older. And so I spent a lot of my life growing up um, 
searching. I didn't have people that were close to me that were close to my age. So I just kind of had this natural curiosity to go and discover. And so that meant, my poor parents, that meant trying drums and soccer and ice skating and every cooking classes all in the same week. I just wanted to experience everything. I wanted to find what other people were finding in each other. When I saw brothers and sisters or I saw a group of friends, I'm just like, I want that. I don't have that at home. I just, everyone looks so happy. I just want to find things that I love. And so that was probably, if I look back, the, the start of my discovery of just trying everything. And I developed this philosophy over life that I actually call, I've developed this philosophy probably when I was like 21, called the tapas life. So if you're not familiar what a tapas is, it is a Spanish appetizer. And you order many of them. So you all kind of go with bread and you eat them in a group. And they come across this bunch of different kinds. And I like to think I... I live a tapas life. I can order a lot of things. I can try a lot of things, but I don't have to reorder the ones I don't like. And I can just try them. And that was neat. I tried it, but no, thank you. And you've got to give it a try. You have to give everything a try. And you asked me a a question of what do I do when it, it doesn't go so well? And it's not a lovely experience. You know, I've learned over the years, I think when I was a lot younger, I'd run from it. And I learned over the years the importance of sitting with it and learning from it and staying in the experience and saying, being very mindful in the experience and saying, what is it about this experience like? And what's making me uncomfortable? And sometimes it's terrible, but when you get out of it, when I look back at the experiences or the tapas that might have not tasted so good or, you know been the thing that was really fun at the time or I wanted to do, I learned from it. And so it's really for me about giving every experience a chance. And that's why I call it unique experiences because it's not always great. Sometimes it's wonderful, but it's always unique. Well, I love that philosophy. And I would say that I have a similar desire in life, at least when it comes to food. And you, you definitely chimed in like food is one of my favorite things in the world. (laughs) And, and the way I approach it is I just want to share, I want to share my food with everybody. And I want everybody to share their food with me. So when I go to a restaurant, I love to experience it family style where everybody orders something. And then we all get to, we all get to enjoy and taste a little bit of everything. And so, whereas you call it this tapas lifestyle, uh, I, I like to look at it like share with me and I'll share with you. And, and especially when it comes to food, but it's, it's great that you have a grander vision, even in likely how you experience work and relationships and really every facet of life. And I know that's one of the reasons why we're, we're on this pot. We're, we're having this podcast and this conversation right now, because the divine career design podcast really focuses on career And so I would love for you to share with the listeners a little bit of how that transitioned into you working remotely and, and how maybe, maybe start off by describing or explaining what remote actually is. Absolutely. So remote actually is my definition and my company's definition is really about being able to work anywhere. So remote by definition is being able to do your work 
from wherever it works for you, whenever it works for you. And remote really, for me as an individual, as it relates to experiences, is being able to have more unique experiences because I'm not constricted to a location or an office. So I found when I was in the corporate world, although I actually worked for Airbnb, which is a very large corporation, and I, were, I was able to work globally, I was finding that the things that I, I really love to do and the things that brought me pure joy were perhaps outside of the office. Even though I liked the work that I was doing, I felt stifled. I felt stifled. And I thought, man, there's got to be a way that I could have a career that I really like and be challenged and work with a really smart team and build a really cool product, but not have to, you know, live in San Francisco and pay terrible amounts in rent or have to be confined by some sort of destination or office structure and spend hours and commute every day. And that was really when I had that realization that I started looking for people who shared that value and shared the value of wanting to create something wonderful, be intellectually stimulated, but not have to sacrifice your life for it. Yeah, that I think what you just described um, is, is factors that everyone really could consider through a lens when they're selecting their career. And one of the things that I do is help young adults and teens ask more questions about careers before they actually put themselves in a career. That really, at the end of the day, that's what I have them do. I facilitate an opportunity for them to explore, investigate, and be curious about careers in order to find one that they're really, really in alignment with, that they just love. And, and when I when I mean in alignment, I mean, it's what happens in your head and your heart are moving in the same direction. And, and, and you really find yourself in a place of happiness when you're in alignment. And I, I know that this is a big, it's a big demand, but I also know for so many young adults and teens, this is the expectation for what it looks like to move into a career nowadays. So I'm, I'm, I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that that you work and you help bring on and build teams and you hire people that are clients that are my age, clients that are my clients that are the age that they are, that I didn't come out right, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. So, so I, I, yeah. sorry, can you repeat the, like the core of the question? Yeah. So because the expectation is raised, the bar has been raised for what, right young adults want in a career and that they don't just want to go to work and receive a paycheck. They really have a, a higher expectation for meaning. <laughs> and so how do you see that playing out? Because I know that you hire people of the age of my clientele. There we go. Got it that time. And so how do you see that playing out when you're interviewing and when you're hiring uh, kids that come and work for your company? Absolutely. It's a great question. So I think one of the, the massive benefits that we're seeing in remote work in particular and remote organizations that there's very little material written about this or academic material because it is fairly new. I'd say the last five years, five to seven years. 
is we're really looking for people whose values align with the organization. So it's a lot to ask of the generation getting into the workforce right now to do everything. It's a lot. We have a lot and your listeners, listeners, you all have a lot on your shoulders right now, a lot. And the most beautiful thing about remote is that remote, if a true remote remote organization like ours at Taxjar tend to be values driven organizations. So yes, we're looking for the skills. Yes, we're looking for someone who can come and learn and who is curious and wants to be a part of the company. But we don't want people who are just looking for jobs, just like you're not just looking for a job. We want somebody to come in who we call a culture ad or culture fit, who is who really believes in what the, the company's doing, but is also bound by a few values that human beings actually naturally hold at their core of consciousness. And for example, one of those values that we have at Techstart is we're a team built on trust. So if you were to look at our website, maybe wanted, wanted to apply for a role, for example, or a role somewhere else, you'd look at their values system and you'd say, man, am I somebody who really thrives in being in a team? Because there are people who don't and that's okay. That's why people are freelancers at times because they don't want to be part of a team. They want to run their own show and that's totally okay. But it might mean that Taxjar or that remote organization isn't for you. And talk about those values in the interview process and your application. Start doing that work of discovery of the meaning of what you really want to find and that value that you hold. And does the organization that you're applying for want to work at, does that align with your value? Because if it does, that will bring you naturally a deeper meaning in your work versus just a paycheck. Great, great. And and ultimately, I, I, I believe that we can be distracted by some of the things that are not necessarily going to bring us fulfillment as opposed to making decisions like what you're going to do in your career. It doesn't have to be for the rest of your life, but what are you going to devote your time, effort, and energy to? Because that's a resource you'll never get back. And when you are really conscientious about where you choose to put that time, effort, energy, and resource in a, in a, in a company, you want a company that's going to not only bring you up as well, but also that you're going to add value to just like you're sharing. It's a relationship. You think about it like a relationship. When I look at candidates and I go through the interview process with candidates, I don't want to have to convince somebody to work here. That's, that's not fun. And I don't want you to beg me for a job. It's a relationship. I'm getting into a long-term relationship with our candidates, right? Right. You know, letting people go or when people quit, it's expensive. It's exhausting. It's not fun for the employer and it's not fun for the team member. And so doing the due diligence up front, and again, a lot of your listeners are young and it might not be their forever job and that's totally okay. But even doing that little extra legwork at the beginning and diving in and and looking at it from a values level and saying, is this something that aligns with my values? Because your values are also something that you'll never lose. They'll evolve, but they're definitely things that you can do to discover kind of the pieces of who you are and where you want to show up at work and, and how the workplace can match that and be in that 
actually really beautiful relationship because when an employer and an employee are in that lockstep, again, with the head and the heart, there's some pretty cool creativity that comes out of that. Yeah, absolutely. I agree a hundred percent. And when you have it, you know it. And when you don't, you know it. And, and I encourage everyone to first, it takes to explore yourself, to know where you are in order to find the match for that. And I think, you know, one of the intentions of wanting to really highlight your experience and what you do in the world is because I want to open up this world for the clients I work with and their parents to see it's okay if your if your child doesn't want to go do A, B, and C to get to Z. It's okay if that's not their path. And and so really working remote, I think there's a there 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 can be a little bit of hesitation there because it, it doesn't feel like work or doesn't feel like a job, or at least when when people ask. So I'm, I'm just curious what what is some perspective that that you would maybe advise on or experiences that you've had about people and any, has anyone ever shared any of that kind of perspective with you? I mean, absolutely. 110%. One, I put that label on myself because probably about three years ago, that's when remote work was becoming really big and you'd say remote people, like, eh, you're still on a beach in Thailand. And when I joined Taxjar, I didn't have that worry in any way, shape, or form because of the way the company presented itself. You know, we don't care where you work. We care about your results. And if your results aren't good, well, then this isn't going to work out. And we definitely, as a company and as an employee of a fully remote company, felt that for a long time. And this is a long story here, so (laughs) I apologize. We felt that for a long time. And we kind of were just under the radar, but we were doing great work. We were profitable. Our employees were happy. We're working like a well-oiled machine. And finally an investor came in and we ended up starting this pretty, pretty strong relationship with um, an investment venture capital firm in New York. And that was the first time a lot of people who were the naysayers of remote kind of woke up and said, wow, this remote company got $60 million of investment. Like they're not just sitting around eating peeled grapes. Right. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of when the tide turned for, I would say the more investors or the more kind of corporate, uh, corporate mindset people who perhaps had that preconceived notion. Fast forward to March this year, COVID all the remote deniers were forced to go remote. There wasn't a choice. And that's when I think everyone really woke up to the idea of remote. People were watching their teams be more productive. People were actually spending time with their children. The commute was gone. The smog started clearing. It kind of, everybody started to see the benefits that we remote workers or people who truly believe in remote have been seeing for so long and kind of been yelling from the rooftops it works. You can have it all. It works. And it, it did take, unfortunately, a pandemic to um, kind of unveil the truth in that, mm-hmm. and which is unfortunate, but a reality. And it's been really exciting to see people and leaders choose not to go back to the office. 
for all the benefits that it does give. So do you have any, I, I think it's fascinating and I think it's awesome because I certainly have been on the side of benefiting with regard to just a different experience in life. We'll, you know, we'll never really get this ever again, you know, crossing our fingers. Yeah, right. Because um, for me, it's just given me an opportunity to see work in a different light. And yes, I worked just as much, if not more, but my work was very different. So I'm wondering in, in, in the light of what you're saying, unveiling of remote work, how many fields do you anticipate, or do you think are going to shift into remote work in the next, in the next five years or maybe even sooner? I mean, my own personal hope is that everybody does (laughs) the ones that can obviously there are certain fields that aren't able to like in in in-person medical care obviously there's been tele telehealth that's happening but I see the majority of tech companies um specific uh, the reason I am using tech companies as an example is because it's it is an easier path to transition if you are working in a cloud-based technology, um, just because your work is already there, it's built into the cloud and you can kind of take it anywhere. So, I mean, I would say a lot are going to shift. And I think, I think what we're going to see happen over the next five to 10 years is that the people who don't decide to dive all in and say, we're going remote, they're going to test it out and they're going to have a hybrid organization and they're going to let some employees work remote and some not. And to tell you the truth, Jody, they're going to have a really hard time. They're going to have a really hard time, not just saying, making the decision for their company and saying, we're either in or we're out. And that's something I deeply admire from these companies that were forced to go remote that had this light bulb of humanity that just kind of lit up in them that were like, oh my gosh, look at the work that everybody is producing and look how much happier we all are. And that is where you kind of find the true leadership in in the people who are leading this charge. But I do think it will be more than not over the next two years. Right, right. And and what I think is the biggest you know, tell all to the experience is the happiness level of the workers or or the employees in their companies. Because like you said, it's just taken away a lot of maybe what we would have quote unquote called the grind before it's, it's removed some of that from there. And it's just given a little bit of autonomy to be able to design your life, you know, which is ideal. And that's, that's part of what the title of the podcast is, is divine career design that you can design your life and an amazing career. And, and you can have it all like you shared earlier, Darcy. Totally. And, and again, so for example, one of our core values at Techstar and one of my personal core values, which is aligned is we're in control of our own destiny. So the company's in control of our own destiny of where we go, where we take it as a team, what products we create, you know, everything. Right. But I'm also in control of my own destiny because I'm remote. Mm -hmm. I have no one telling me where I need to be or, you know, if I need to be in some sort of a giant city 
um, to be in the office or being in a meeting. Um, I can just be. Yeah, right, right. Well, you've sort of hit on so many great parts about what it looks like to work remotely. Do you have a favorite a favorite thing that that remote life gives you the opportunity to do? Yeah, I love to travel. My boyfriend and I actually have a truck with a camper on it and we have a golden retriever and we built a standing desk in the camper and we have our surfboards in there. And so when the state parks are open, we actually go and we park in the state park parking lot at the beach and we surf and then we get out and hop in our meetings in the back of the truck. And we can do that here in San Diego or we'll go on the road for a couple of weeks and we'll do it. So that's one of my favorite things is just the freedom to have also a change of scenery. My role at TaxJar and just my role in my career is really creative and I need a lot of headspace to be able to do the things that I want to do and make the change that I want to change. And being able to quickly change my location or my environment without having to do so much rearranging with work or tell anyone, I can just pick up and do it. And that allows me to be more creative in my work, but also see new scenery and have new unique experiences. Yeah, that sounds, I, I love, I love that. What, are there, are there any drawbacks that you'd say? Anything that would be, um, and, and, or maybe not necessarily a drawback for, for you, but, you know, and that's kind of bridging into another question that I had, but, but someone who it wouldn't be in alignment for, who a job like this wouldn't be in alignment for. So if you have any drawbacks, I'd love for you to share them because really the idea again here in asking that question is the goal is to find a career that is that is the perfect fit for you. And it's possible. It really, really is. And when you get curious and you're asking the right kinds of questions, it's not about tell me how great your job is because I have had careers and there are things that I absolutely love about my job. And because I've also been in them and experienced them, I also know that there are some pieces about careers that I've had that don't fit for me. And so one that's an important part for me to work with my clients on because I want them to have a full picture of what it's like. I don't want to paint this pretty picture without the realism of what it, you know, what it's like. And so, you know, for one of the things like you get to work anywhere, but you do still work. So are there any drawbacks that you would, that you'd share and, or maybe piggyback on that with who this job, this type of a job wouldn't be good for? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the one of the drawbacks, probably the main drawback is it's really, really easy to overwork yourself. It's really easy to burn out. It's really easy to just not turn your computer off. And that takes no one but yourself permission to allow yourself to disconnect and to communicate with your team that you need time. We, for example, we give five weeks vacation a year and hardly anybody takes it. And so you have to lead by example. And it's really hard to do because if you have a career that you love and you work remotely, well, why would you not just continue to work? And that doesn't produce good work. And it also just leads to burnout. So I'd say that's the number one drawback. Mm -hmm. Number two is 
this kind of is a, a combination between a drawback and maybe what this this a remote role wouldn't be for is I don't necessarily think it's just a drawback for me because I love to write and I love to read, but remote cultures are writing cultures. So you most, I would say primarily, you have to be able to write very succinctly and to a very large audience from a lot of different backgrounds. And so you, your use of language and communicate, you have to be an over communicator and somebody who's pretty obsessive with um, documenting everything. So that to me isn't a drawback, but could be a drawback to some who don't love to write and don't love to read because it, it you do need to be very detail oriented to work in a to work in a successful remote environment and really thrive in a career remotely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I could I could see that, and that's definitely something that could can be built, right? Absolutely, like you can train yourself to do that. And, uh, are, are, but are there other, other skills or strengths maybe that, that would be, you know, when you're, when you're looking at a job duty or description, what are some of the other skills or strengths that you would be looking for, for a, someone who wanted to, to come into a remote company? Yeah, I think you definitely need somebody who's adaptable, um, in remote organizations, you know, we're just at the beginning of the remote kind of future. And there are going to be so many products that come out and so many different ways to to do remote whatever way works for the company that you're working for. And so I think being adaptable and curious are the two things that really will help, you know, your listeners and, and listeners out there thrive when you're looking for a remote role. Because Things are going to change and shift in remote. People are just kind of figuring out how to do it. And so having that curiosity to build, to figure out how to do this better, to figure out how to adapt when things change and and how to just always get better and learn and grow in a remote space. Like that's what I want to see from candidates. I want to know, you know, when they're coming in, it's okay that we don't have everything established right now. I want to know that you want to be a part of building that. Right. So those are two, probably the two main qualities that, that are really essential in, in being somebody who's in a, re- in a remote environment. Uh, one other one is humor. I mean, and tasteful humor yeah. because we're, we're remote and we, you want to connect with your teammates. And when you want to connect on the things that we, sh- you share as human beings and that are happening in our culture right now and kind of the the phenomenons and being able to have a lightness and be able to joke around in writing and on zoom calls is important because sometimes if you're remote and maybe you've chosen to spend a year in the mountains and work for a company, you might be really lonely in the mountains at sometimes, right? But you're working remotely. And so being able to connect on a human level and let a guard down a little bit is really important when there's a screen between you and your teammates. Awesome. Yeah, I love that. Well, we're, we're wrapping up the interview, but I do have a few more questions and these kind of are a little bit more personal, but um, because the audience really here is is parents and, and moms in particular and then and then teenagers that could possibly be ready to explore careers what would you tell your teenage self what would i tell my teenage self listen to my gut 
listen to my gut, ask for advice at every single place that I'm curious about something. One of the things that I've done is that I think I made a mistake, not made a mistake. I don't really have many regrets, but instead of asking or doing research, I would just nature to my experiences. I would just go do things. I would try things and I would try everything. And it was a lot of energy. I had some great experiences, but it wouldn't necessarily say every single one of those experiences was something that I love to do. And I probably could have learned a lot easier that that wasn't something for me by going and finding the expert of whatever it was I wanted to learn and just talking to them and finding out a little bit more before I dove in head first, especially in my teenage years. I think curiosity is the best place to be. Yeah. Right there with you on that one. What about, you mentioned a mentor and that's what the, the next part I wanted to ask you about. Do you have a, do you have a mentor in your life? Have you always had a mentor? Um, what do you believe mentors can do for, for the youth and, and really anybody? I think mentors can show that it's possible to do anything. It depends on the mentor. I'm somebody who is really, I get a lot of life from reading autobiographies and reading people's stories and understanding people's struggles and how they got to where they are, because I think it really helps um, individuals become empathetic and look to mentors to say, wow, you did this? Like, I can do it too. Seeing is believing, right? And so I think mentors play a huge role in the development of anyone at any age. Um, I hope I have a mentor for the rest of my life. I've had many, many mentors throughout my life and ones I probably wouldn't have even realized were mentors till recently. And a mentor can be somebody that you actually know, or I mean, I actually believe anyone who has done something out in the world that you might've never met can be a mentor from afar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think when you... When you look at the opportunity of anybody, really anyone, to teach you a lesson or what lesson can you learn from that person or that experience, that, that to me is what mentorship is. Um, and it's a two-way street, right? It yeah. takes someone uh, leading the way, but it also takes the person being in a place to, to navigate and and look at what lesson can be learned. And I know for me, um, even at the age I am now, I'm, I'm always asking the question, well, what, what can I learn from this good or bad regardless yeah. of what it is. And, um, and so I look at everyone and everything in life as a, as a potential mentor, because I'm going to learn a lesson. And, and for me, that's, that's one of the fun things about life. Yeah, it's in, in what you were just talking about there is that curiosity kind of piece that's in all of, and I, I believe is in all of us, somewhere deep down for some people. And some people just kind of naturally live in it. And it's about getting curious. And, and the coolest part about the generation, you know, the generation I'm speaking to right here and, and the parents of the generation is that we have access to anything. We have access to absolutely everything we could probably possibly want. And that is power. That knowledge is power. And being able to find the mentors out there, again, maybe not in person, maybe somebody who 
is in another country that's done something amazing that you want to, you want to do too. Well, I would challenge everybody here to be brave and follow them, reach out. You never know. You never know how you'll connect or where you'll connect. But if you put it out there into the universe, the universe will answer. And it'll answer in a way that you probably won't realize it'll answer. And it might be, the universe might answer in 10 years with somebody you reach out to. So I definitely believe mentorship is out there and we have access to so much of it. It's just, just about choosing the path that you want. And sometimes you got you to gotta put some darts out there and be brave and try. And, you know, nothing bad can come if you try and you're in good intention. Yeah, I agree with that. Well, gosh, that was sort of like a, a last inspirational opportunity. <laughs> I kind of went there, but I did want to give you, if there was anything else that you wanted to share and, and or if there's a favorite quote that's ever resonated with you um, that, that you, you think might be something that the listeners would want to hear or any last piece of uh, words or wisdom or, or thoughts that you'd share and then we'll, we'll be finished. Oh my gosh, a quote, you've put me on the spot. I know I didn't. I mean, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you a weird quote that has, that has driven me from, it's weird. I'm going to tell oh, you, it's really no, weird. weird. I love that. It's by an author named Tom Robbins. And he says, trying to describe magic is like, like trying to cut roast beef with a screwdriver. You have to feel it and you have to experience it. I received that. (laughs) Yeah. And I have experienced magic before. So um, maybe I need to try cutting a roast. (laughs) Sounds really hard if you ask me, but so does describing magic. (laughs) But to all the listeners out there, um, and thank you, Jody, so much for having me on this podcast. Lean in, learn about who you are, and get really, really curious about the things that light you up and bring you joy and know that especially with remote, you know, there's a place for you out there in the world in your career. Um, and it might not be in your city or town. And that's the beauty of what's happening right now is that, you know, we're creating a new world and you get to be a part of it. So lead. Yes, yes, yes. Well, thank you so much, Darcy. I just want to take a moment to acknowledge you for who you are and stepping into the bigness of what you're doing in the world and how you're really transforming the face of what it looks like to work and creating life in your own way and how you described it as your unique experiences. I think that is, it's really uh, motivational. It doesn't even feel like the, like enough of a word to describe how I think people will see what you're doing in the world and, and, and want to mimic that because they want that for themselves, but it takes trailblazers to build that in life and to create that path in that way. So I have no doubt that you will most certainly be a mentor because you will have blazed this trail for, for our, um, for our future generations are going to come through and try this out. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. Greatly appreciate it. And if any of the listeners wanted to reach out, would it be best that they contact you directly or contact you through me? Um, actually, it would be great. Uh, you can contact me directly on LinkedIn. 
So if you just go to LinkedIn and look up my profile, it's just Darcy Bowles, D-A-R-C-Y-B-O-L-E-S. You can shoot me a message on LinkedIn and I'm happy to connect with you. Oh, that's wonderful. And we'll definitely be sure that your name is listed there in the uh, show. So it's not hard for our listeners to reach out to you and maybe just ask any questions. I'm sure this is, this interview is going to pique a lot of curiosity. So thank you so much for coming on today. It was great to have you. Thank you, Jody. Really appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Divine Career Design Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show and share it with your friends. Connect with me further on Instagram at amplify.u or visit the website at www.amplifyu.org to join our email list and receive our free guide to a divinely led career.